Girl Influence Power is brought to you by Collectin. Shop or run the world's tiniest boutiques with Collectin. Welcome to Girl Influence Power Podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Lee, entrepreneur, jewelry designer, CEO, co-founder of Collectin, an app that lets you shop influencer and designer label direct from the source. Thank you for tuning in live on CastBox. This episode is brought to you by Collectin, shop the world's tiniest boutiques uh, in partnership with CastBox. Okay, uh, today my guest is Kiki Wong and Kyla Yu, author food and travel writers, musician, social media influencer with a combined following of over a million followers. And most most importantly, they are entrepreneurs. Welcome, Kiki and Kyla. Hi, thanks for having us. <laughs> all right. So both Kiki and Kyla had their start in Hollywood as an all-Asian girl rock band, Nylon Pink. Together, they toured the world and share their passion for travel, food, and music. Most recently, Kiki and Kyla co-authored a travel book together. This book is currently available on Amazon, and the title is 30 Day Travel Challenge, How to Make Your Travel Dreams a Reality. So welcome again. You ladies are beautiful today. Makeup ready, <laughs> camera ready, <laughs> podcast ready. Podcast ready. <laughs> Thank you for being my guest on my very fresh new podcast. Anyway, um, the careers that you both ladies have are amazing. So let's just dive right in and tell us a little bit about your journey on becoming who you are today and how you're able to do it all. Because I know you've you've wear so many hats and you guys literally know everyone <laughs> in this influencer world. So let's kind of jump right in. So how did you guys end up in the same rock band? And how is that how you guys met each other? I think I've never brought this up to you, but me and my other bandmate used to have a jewelry line. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I've never brought that up. For what kind of jewelry? Like, it was like, you know, when that acrylic was really in oh, style, it was like right, Stephen right, right. Sheen was yeah, really yeah, big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was during that time um and then by the way she even she, steven sheen i don't know if you remember him he had the most amazing stuff and then forever 21 came and overnight copied oh, everything and just off. like took him down uh, yeah this must be wow. a decade ago maybe when they were coming up right yeah because i remember i was kind of <laughs> like just new not new but like yeah in the industry and coming up together with um, all the retailers kind of just going really strong and that was really my client base at the time too yeah yeah so we had this jewelry line and we were doing a shoot mm -hmm. and we cast the models mm -hmm. and she was one of the models ah. and that was all fine she was an amazing model but later when i was looking on her page it mm -hmm. said that she was like this metal guitarist ah. and i was like really she like really actually a metal guitarist and is she any good and we were having problems with our other guitarists right. at that time anyways mm -hmm. so we kind of just like asked her to come mm -hmm. and meet with us and she was amazing so <laughs> <laughs> so kiki is that always what you wanted to do this the guitarist actually it was crazy because i was in the process of going to school you know following that very straight narrow path of being right. a doctor and i was like oh you know i was just trying to model on the side to get extra cash mm -hmm. and that the fact that they had reached out to me was like the most incredible thing i was like oh cool like i can finally play music again because i played in high school and like mm -hmm. little bands here and there um but yeah it was like a pretty pivotal moment i think um 
you know, having this passion that I had is like basically stifled and right. I didn't even focus on at all. I really didn't play at all mm-hmm. until they hit me up in like my junior year of college. So um, it definitely was a sort of like this beacon of light in a very boring life. I was trying to basically be a doctor. <laughs> like going, yeah, you're you know, a pre-med, taking, right? Yeah, pre-med. and I was like taking like 19 units and like working 22 hours for a, a medical office. And it was like just dying basically. Uh. And then I was like, oh, rock band, definitely. So it, was, it was pretty cool. What's the coincidence that both of you guys have like a biology pre-med <laughs> education? Oh, not me, not me. Didn't you, didn't you have something at UCSD? or what was I, your first major then i i started off bio for maybe like two months oh, okay <laughs> i went to econ and then i trans i like practically flunked out of ucsd because i was raving and then i went to ucla and then then i majored in asian american studies which is the easiest major you can think of well, actually i i took that too <laughs> Yeah. It's I, so I actually learned it a lot about my heritage, yeah, right? Right, because you know we grew up here as a very young child, you know, immigrants here, um, mm-hmm. and then I never really got to know the history of my heritage. So Asian American classes, I took it at Pomona College at the time. I was like, wow, I didn't know so much about China, about Taiwan, yeah. about Asian countries. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was kind of nice. Um, okay, so. You guys both are Asian, Asian parents. Were they strict? Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So how did they respond to the whole rock band thing? (laughs) My parents were not having it. They thought it was a phase. Um, I went through a ton of phases Mm -hmm. throughout high school. (laughs) Let's be like, I was like, I I did all of what I was supposed to do. So I, I did the studying. I did everything, you know, right. But I also had this terrible rebellious streak of, trying to be like prove something and so when they found out I was joining the band they thought okay it's just a phase right um and then when I actually did end up doing it they were not too happy about it (laughs) (laughs) but but after they saw that you know things ended up really working out Mm -hmm. and um you know as they saw the successes they became more open to it and oh that's nice but at first it was difficult uh what about what about you Kyla I started breaking my mom down when I was 15. (laughs) Um, I was very rebellious. I was like the perfect kid. And then I just like met this bad girl in high school. And (laughs) then we started hanging around with all the Asian. I'm from Upland. Uh So then we started hanging out with the Asian gangsters in Hacienda (laughs) Heights and thought we were so cool. And yeah. So. <laughs> so they didn't take it so well. <laughs> Rebellious from that point on, but we're good now. Okay. <laughs> so what was the your turning point to like move from UCSD to UCLA and then major in business or Asian American studies? Well, I hated UCSD. <laughs> I'm just not meant to be in San Diego. It's not even San Diego. It's La Jolla. Ah. So La Jolla is really a retirement community. Mm-hmm. And I think I always had kind of an entertainment focus. Right, right. I only went to college because that was what was expected of me. Right, right. And then even then, um, when I was like doing really poorly at UCSD and knew I was going to move to LA to do entertainment mm-hmm. stuff, I still knew I had to finish college because it was so ingrained right, in me right. since I was like so young. So um, 
Yeah, I just went to have it and satisfy my mother. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I think that's the Asian core, right? I think yeah. the Asian parents do do really instill that in you. So when you guys started in the rock band, it's like Asian girls in Hollywood. Was that hard? You know, I I haven't experienced a lot of racism, but I would say with us being all Asian, mm-hmm. it really gave us an advantage because right. the people who wanted us, ah. you know, we were so niche right. that we had that niche audience. So yeah, MTV wasn't booking us, but then we were traveling all around to play at like the anime conventions right. really, oh, really took on to okay. And they have decent enough budgets. Mm-hmm. And then in music, what I really discovered I hated was touring, mm-hmm. which is like playing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Right, yeah, right. that was too much for me. But I love playing a one-off show <laughs> where they fly you in and you play one show mm-hmm. and then you hang out. Ah, okay. Yeah. What about you? What was the plus and, plus, plus and minus of being in the rock band? The music industry is a crazy place. It's, it's so like, it's a lot of... Um, knowing the right people mm-hmm. and playing your cards right. I, I think there's a lot of talented musicians that don't get the spotlight or and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's tricky being, I think, female and um, Asian. Well, fortunately, we like I noticed this because I, w- I played in the band with Nylon Pink with Kyla. Right, and then right. I also played in a all girl band that was in a punk rock mm-hmm, scene mm-hmm. Um, that was put together by the Misfits. And with Kyla, and us, like, I felt like we had unity and mm-hmm. we had the project. It was our project. Right. We had full control over it. Mm-hmm. And we got to choose areas that worked for us. And then I think me as a, as a singular person, as a musician, right. sort of just by myself as an Asian woman mm-hmm. was really, really difficult because people don't take you seriously. They don't see, like, even if I walk into an audition, they're right. like, oh, no. It's not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, come on. I'm like, yeah, you're giving me a chance. And um, there are some definite struggles. Also, for me, I'm like an Asian woman that wants to play like like heavy metal. And mm-hmm. most people like <laughs> are, are really confused by it. Um, it's very, it's a confusing thing. Yeah. I, I totally get it. Like, I don't look the part at all. But um, I think that's like if you go in with enough gusto and force mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you really just push your way through and, and ignore the haters and right, um, right. find a really core group of people that support you and have the same vision as you. I think that's the most important thing when you're endeavoring in uh, creative projects like music. Right. Because um, you're in the public eye. Oh yeah. Right. And and there's all kinds of weird stuff. The funniest one was we put out a music video on YouTube and that was kind of like what got us <laughs> like our, our claim to fame. Mm-hmm. And, um, we had to like, we, it was just our first thing. So we didn't know, like we just tried it Mm -hmm. and it went relatively viral at the time. Um, but then unfortunately one person planted the negative seed and said that we were all, uh, like lady boys. (laughs) (laughs) And then it like propagated. Uh. Um, but I mean also like simultaneously with those, um, you know, other, negative connotations comes like positive. Right. Like, so you had people actually supporting us and backing us up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it was interesting to see that and like how it affected ah, socially. Too, okay. So. And because there's a lot of haters on this social media, especially, oh, yeah. I mean, how do you deal with all of that? I um, never read the comments, 
But she tells me what the comments <laughs> yeah. are. I read I'm the like, comments. Lady boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. me like every ladyboy comment. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I will say that that was probably one of the best pieces of advice from Kyla. Because mm-hmm. um, we, I, I didn't know anything. And she was more um, versed with social media at the time. So she's like, stay away from the comments. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like one of these things right. where you're like peeking through your fingers. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you can't resist. <laughs> And I'm like, man, I shouldn't have read those comments. Because <laughs> you can't get it out of your head. Yeah, then it's there. Because right? yeah, it affects you, right? Right, yeah. absolutely. But even beyond that, I think that it's so important to just build that, like, not giving a fuck what anybody thinks right. about anything mm-hmm. you do. Like, we speak really... Um, candidly about mm-hmm. like past addictions and yeah. past issues mm-hmm. so that people don't feel shy about speaking about themselves right. and being honest right no because being honest and sharing the story is how you get the word out to help other people and to you know inspire inspire other women mm-hmm. yeah so no no that's that's amazing sorry are we not allowed to say profanity no late? we can okay we can say profanity. i think we can i think we just have a little e sign next to the our podcast that's Ooh. all for explicit <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all of it. (laughs) Well, you know what they used to do with music CDs? Mm -hmm. They found that when they put the explicit label on it, it actually increased the sales. Oh, really? Yeah. Back in the day day when CDs were sold. (laughs) Okay, so how, like being rock, I guess being in a rock band must be a lot of financial struggles. This is like being fitting in all the the cars. How do you deal with that? Like starting up, this is your passion. Uh, You're going all out for it, but financially it's tough. Like, how do you deal with these moments? Oh, man. That's how we learned how to hustle. That's why I guess we ended up learning and doing many different things. Because as a musician, you're not really making money from the music, not enough to sustain Mm -hmm. yourself. So you have to be like I was throwing events. You were working at different social media Mm -hmm. clients. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we just hustled. (laughs) I definitely think that was probably one of the most valuable things that we learned, too, because like I was working at the hospital and mm-hmm. we got offered a tour in China oh. and they're like, I told my boss and they mm-hmm. were like, well, you can go on the tour in China, but you don't expect to come back to this job. Uh. And so I was like, <laughs> ah, and then I just like quit on the spot, uh-huh. went to the tour. The tour ended up getting canceled, oh. but, <laughs> which is, you know, that's just how it is. But the good thing about it was like, you know, Kylie gave me an opportunity to work with a company called Raw Artist, which is a completely different mm-hmm, facet mm-hmm. of work. And mm-hmm. um, it sort of forces you to try different areas mm-hmm. um, of work that you never would have thought because, you know, at a young age, you're told, right. okay, this is the path you take. These are the classes you take right. to get to this next stepping point and then right. you develop into someone else. But if, if it weren't for that opportunity, I would have never even delved into something like events production or social media. Which right. I, out of the events production, I realized that social media was probably my, more of my strong point. Oh, but, okay. Um, but the, the hustle in itself, I think, gave us that opportunity right, to right. expand. Because I think we need to. And this kind of world where it's like, you know, you, you need to do everything <laughs> especially yeah. on social media <laughs> like that you can't platform just keeps coming right. out every day <laughs> yeah you gotta and you have to be quick at it and you have to be first one to it because you yeah. never know which one will take yeah. off yeah. right so just do it a little bit just in case yeah just exactly. Exactly. No, seriously who would have guessed tiktok is so huge right now I know. Really <laughs> like we've been exploring it i know you have to i think yeah. i think yeah. with this i mean 
not only do you have to, you know, build all sorts of skills, you now have to build a community. So you have support. Mm -hmm. So is there any like, are you a very positive person? Or I mean, how how do you guys deal with all the stress of going, you know, this inconsistency, inconsistency? I think life now is so much easier than being in a band. (laughs) Now is like gravy. It's like, this is great. We travel. I don't have to get on stage and like perform. Mm -hmm. It's great. (laughs) So anything now, like the hustle, I feel like is easier than being a musician. Uh, Okay. okay. So I feel like that was like boot camp for us. Mm -hmm. People pay you to travel nowadays, right? Yeah. Yeah. I always say I don't have to sing for my summer anymore. <laughs> Which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think works for social media? Is it the quality or the quantity of content? Because I know you ladies create a lot of content. I definitely think that it's a combination of both. Um, obviously, you have to have a... Cons- like I think consistency should probably be thrown in there because right. you can have a lot of content and you can put a lot of feelers out, mm-hmm. but you also need to be consistent with your brand mm-hmm. um, and it has to be high-quality content for people right. to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And you also have to make sure that you're always letting people know that you exist. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. Because people will forget. Right, um, right. And there's so many, so many people coming up, so many outlets. It's absolutely. just, it's really hard to touch everybody. Yeah. You know? And I think it's important nowadays with all this technology, we need to touch people either through our voice, through our photos, through our videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think is most effective? Video, photos, videos, videos. Right now, everything is going towards videos. Right? Yeah, so I think that's the future. Right, definitely. I agree. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and voice, too, I think, is yeah. because people need to hear you to connect right. with you. Yeah, I don't listen to music anymore. I listen strictly to podcasts. Oh. It might be because I'm older. I'm not like in my 20s. So, but. Yeah, I feel like podcasts are also... Right, podcasts is taking off right now. It's like, and it's a great time for women doing podcasts. So yeah, if you ever want to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was only on on one podcast and the next thing you know, I'm a host. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, you have another one? No, no, no. I was on as a guest. Oh, like one time, I'm okay. like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> I'll be a host. <laughs> so you never know. <laughs> okay, so you guys are authors as well. Let's talk about a little bit about your book um your 30-day travel challenge um what take us through the process the huge commitment um yeah tell us more about it um about oh go ahead oh oh um (laughs) well basically we ultimately we've we've had all these travel experiences together as a band and um, we wanted to basically give information out to people who believe that travel wasn't attainable in Mm. their own lives. So a lot of the times there are limiting travel beliefs that prevent people from doing things like, you know, it's too expensive to travel. It's, uh, you know, it takes too much time Mm -hmm. or they just don't even know where to go or how to do it. But we basically put up all of our knowledge and all of our information and gave it out to the world Mm -hmm. to first let them know that they can do it. And second, be able to have the tools to actually book their dreams. Wow. Yeah, that's nice. Any other things to add, Kayla? I also really love a 30-day challenge. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you can really change your life in 30 days, whether it be like a 30-day workout challenge, 30-day right, right. juicing challenge. So we wanted to apply it to travel also. So mm-hmm. it's digestible, not just right. throwing all this knowledge mm-hmm, at once, mm-hmm. but we break it all into a different day. So each day has a focus. Ah, okay. And then um, we're kind of available for feedback mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. the different readers. Oh, so that's nice. So you guys travel a lot so what is your favorite travel destination so far 
Um, for me, I have to say definitely Asia, and then on top of that, Taiwan, just because mm-hmm. that's my uh, my roots, and then Vietnam surprised me. I really, uh-huh. really loved Vietnam. Yeah, no, I heard the food is amazing. Yeah, and the people are very warm. I've never been. I want to. It's on one of my list. Yeah, <laughs> when I get some time. <laughs> what about you? Oh gosh. I think one of the most like the most educational experience was definitely going to India because that was probably one of the places that I had least or the the least amount of knowledge of Mm -hmm. that country. And so it was the most eye opening and most um, interesting in that sense. But my favorite place to go to. ooh, that's tricky. I think definitely anywhere in Asia. I'm dying to go to Southeast Asia, I think, because I've I've oh. never really touched mm-hmm. into that area. So oh, okay. I would like to go like all across and just oh, kind of see okay. it all. Maybe not all at once, but eventually. It's <laughs> Do you want to trek it like like backpack through, or you want to like a luxury through it? Because <laughs> a big difference. It's so funny, actually. Both of us are, which makes it great. I think mm-hmm. that's like our our. Um, like travel relationship I definitely like to do things that are more like rugged I'd say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she is really into the wellness um and we both into wellness right, in that sense. Right. but so I think it's really really cool that we have this she doesn't even like to get massages oh really oh like, what I will not <laughs> you're an Asian <laughs> I know Sorry. I like no my mom she used to like try to rub me and I'm like ah like, it gets like like you know that tingly like right. like if exclamation marks were coming uh, out of my head that's I how could I do feel. a massage like three times a day every day for the rest of my life that would be my living house I'm right there with you (laughs) as you get older (laughs) you need those massages (laughs) maybe we could start you off with like a foot massage have you tried Asian foot massage see even when I like I don't know what it is with my psychology, but even if I go get my nails done, mm. I get nervous. <laughs> like, I just feel weird. I'm like, whoa, like if I get my hair cut, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, how long is that going to take? Oh. I'm like, I have to mentally prepare myself for it, you know? <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> is there any wish list that you want to go that you haven't or you, you know? Everywhere we haven't been. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys a big Europe? I'll go, <laughs> but I'd much rather go to Asia. Asia. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll go for a little quick break and we'll be back in just a moment. Now you can try before you buy on Collect It. Introducing Experience, the new way to shop jewelry. Flaunt your style and express your creativity with experience. Get it today, only on Collectin. Yeah, in the influencer world. So if you guys are out there, yeah, follow them. <laughs> yeah, I'll, be, I'll give you guys the handles afterward. Okay, besides your family, do you have any female role models that, you know, that influence you to be who you are today? Besides family. I had to change that because I realized everyone Everybody says, says their mom. mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to, but I, you know, I throw you a curveball there. That is a curveball. <laughs> okay, I want to say somebody who I'm inspired by, but yet not at the same time. Like Angelina Jolie, mm. I love as an actress. She's bold. She doesn't care mm-hmm. what anybody mm-hmm. thinks. But she... 
it's also a husband stealer. So <laughs> there's that. But I admire the beginning of her career. Mm-hmm. All right. I think it's inspirational. <laughs> and you? Oh my gosh, that is so tricky. I on it. That's one thing that I've always never had. I kind of like was like a emotionless child. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing. I couldn't cry. I was. I wished I could have cried in movies for forever and I just couldn't and then I also never had um idols necessarily but they were more like I guess I didn't have a lot of female idols I had a lot of like metal guitars right (laughs) well that's fine but they have long hair so (laughs) no because everyone's experience is different right right? yeah Yeah. so sometimes you don't have (laughs) that's also an answer (laughs) I think kind of the reason is there were no Asian role models growing up I agree there's really nobody in fact, right. in high school, mm-hmm. I looked up to a Playboy model, <laughs> Sung Hee Lee, because she was the only female sexy yes. role mm-hmm. model out there. That's true. Now, you know, they have all these different fashion influencers. Right. Now we have these actresses, but that's all we had. That's true. I mean, even now, it's still very few in, yeah. in, in, the, in the entertainment industry, right? Um, so for all the listening listeners out there, the... This term influencer is thrown around a lot. So what does this term influencer mean to you now that you're in the influencing world? I think cool. influence, that, that term has actually become, it, it's evolved, changed, mm-hmm. plateaued, and right. morphed. And within the matter of like a the course of four years. I agree. And it's insane. I think now, like before, you know, Influencers were people that could create polished content that had mm-hmm. a very, you know, uniform looking feed right. and and had like those types of, you know, super high photography. And I think that that have kind of peaked to plateaued mm-hmm. and now it's turning into things that people can connect with. And, and I think now evolving even more is the education realm. So where you're giving out information and mm-hmm. trying to teach people right. and, um, you know, with all the, the courses and stuff. So I think influence is at this point in time is how you can create uh, education information and give value back to your audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think a lot of influencers who are maybe still stuck in phase one Mm -hmm. are struggling with it um, because they're not able to either create a business out of their influence or, Mm -hmm. you know, move forward from um, the original content. But I think ultimately influence in my perspective would be gauged by how much you can give back and how much value you can give back to um, people who follow you. Right, right. And how about you, Kayla? I would say a true influencer is someone whose um, audience follows them from all platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, we see a lot of Instagram influencers, but then they start a YouTube channel and their right. following does not follow them mm-hmm. there. So right. I'd say that's not true influence. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what happens when Instagram dies, which right. in, in, inevitably will mm-hmm. go down and be taken over by somebody else at some point. But in short, I think an influencer is just someone who has an audience mm-hmm. who is engaged and believes in what they say. Right. So you're now you're seeing this big change in the influencing world. Just like you said, over the last four years, it changed quite a bit. So what advice would you get like a start starting influencer? Because back in the days, um, actually not, not even very long ago, like a year or two, you could get a lot of paid per post and huge brand deals thrown at you as a micro influencer. But those are pretty much done and gone with. And it's very difficult to compete. I mean, 
what kind of advice would you give a starter? <laughs> we always say start your own blog mm-hmm. because then you own your audience. You can collect emails and you'll always be able to touch them directly. Right. You don't want to have your audience live on a platform you don't own. Mm, um, that could be taken over. What if your account gets hacked and right. you can't get it back? Mm-hmm. Then your audience simply cannot find you <laughs> right. again. That's true. That's so, very, very true. And a website's so easy to start now. Mm-hmm. I would just start a website and start collecting email addresses immediately. Right, right. Okay. And mm-hmm. you can monetize your blog too. Yeah, exactly. that's true. That's just sponsors, ads, right? And you could sell mm-hmm. products in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And how about you? Um, I think with if for people that are starting out, they need to really well know that not everyone can be an influencer. Mm-hmm. I know it's a sort of a negative mindset, but almost use it, I guess, as um, as fuel to for you to work right. that much harder. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can be an influencer, but also if you are and and really target what it is that makes you special. Right. Um, there's tons of people who are you know are very generalized, but if you have a very specific skill set mm-hmm. or a very specific um, advantage in giving information and right. value to mm-hmm, people, mm-hmm. utilize it and also research your target audience, mm-hmm. know exactly who they are, know the demographics, right. know when they're on, when they're off and know down to like the age group or what they're searching and, and really, um, utilize that type of information right, right. and make sure that your information caters to them because, a lot of the times us as influencers, we're so focused on ourselves mm-hmm. that we want to create um, content that's related to our own selves, right. but ultimately you're creating content for your viewers. So right, you need to right. make sure that it aligns. Right. True. And then being an influencer gets a lot of bad press. People think it's so easy, but I know you ladies work so hard. I mean, can you share a little bit how hard you guys work, how much posts you have to do? I mean, how much time you spend all the time um, on, on producing content or connecting with your audience? Yeah, I guess for us, we don't consider ourselves influencers. We have like some influence, but we're more about kind of um, creating content that lasts instead of like a photo that goes away. Mm-hmm. We want to create evergreen content. Right. So we're about writing blog posts mm-hmm, or creating mm-hmm. videos. Um, but as in what else we're doing, we're doing a little bit of like PR, social media mm-hmm. and um, writing and some TV expert spots. Oh, okay. What, how about you? Anything else to add to that? Um, I forgot the question. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Is it hard being an influencer? Oh, oh yes. Um, (laughs) yeah, definitely. And it's, it's tough. There's a lot of competition out there. And as, as people are starting to understand how in, in this world, uh, like this new market was essentially built, um, it becomes more competitive. Right. And, um, now sponsored posts are a dime a dozen and it's right. actually becoming more difficult mm-hmm. to do a sponsored post because people's content are like 70, 80% sponsored posts. And yeah, then, you know, people true. are, the efficacy of a sponsored post is becoming diluted. Mm-hmm. The, um, entire market for it because you know you know say company a says well i want to do sponsored posts and they say well i charge this amount and says well we'll just go get you know this person who's going to do it for free so those types of things are making it really really difficult um but i think it just gives an opportunity for us Mm -hmm. to essentially uh evolve and change and and figure out a different way to interact with our audience right 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 Um, so 
so yeah. is it hard working with a brand like if you have to negotiate every deal or i mean how any tips or on how to deal with brands or sponsors <laughs> well we teach two different techniques that we have one's like the sniper technique and mm -hmm. one's the shotgun or machine gun <laughs> i can't remember but um Shotgun being where you really, really target the brands mm -hmm. that you're going after and really feel like they align with your vision. Right. That can be more time consuming, mm -hmm. though. The mm -hmm. other technique, the machine gun, is where you just like put it out there uh, and contact everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, as in how to work with brands, I would say um, we have this technique called newsjacking that we use for pitching to editors and TV producers. But you mm -hmm. can also use this as I'm working with a brand. Right. So for example, um, earlier on this year, there was a brand that we were working with who had um, the color was coral mm -hmm. and Pantone's color of the year was coral this right. year. So we kind of like made a pitch that was connected those mm -hmm, two. Mm -hmm. So they hadn't seen something as thought out as that right, before. Right. So I would say take the extra step and don't just be like, oh, look at my Instagram. It looks like your brand. Let's collaborate. Right, right, like right. what story are you telling? Right. So do a little bit of thinking out of the box and yeah. do a little bit of thinking on behalf of the brands because your yeah. brands are getting a lot of proposals, especially the big ones, the dime a dozen, right? right. <laughs> that they feel like, oh, everyone's asking me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for a partnership. Okay. Um, is there anything that you're doing that you're really excited about right now? We're kind of speaking a lot more. So mm. we're, I'm speaking on travel sustainability right. and then also about wellness travel, which oh. is a passion of ours. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're, I'm kind of just speaking at different colleges and conferences uh -huh. and just trying to, because travel, you know, can be very unsustainable, right. but with some quick, you know, changes to how you travel you could reduce your impact mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's true that's true and how do you like speaking so far <laughs> um yeah it's it's pretty fun we do it as a duo so it's much like especially since there's like you know if you have a 20 minute presentation mm -hmm. then it's only 10 minutes <laughs> but i think it's been um it's been really fun being able to speak because, oh, you know, you're able to connect with audience right. um, in person, too. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. a lot of the times, you know, we do like online stuff or we're interacting behind a screen. But right. when you actually get to go and meet people and meet who you're talking to right. and have a face to the name, I think it really um, it makes a different impact. And um, it's a little bit more hands on and more more fun right so. it make, builds a little community yeah so you ladies have a little community going on <laughs> <laughs> <We're trying. laughs> how does that help like what do you think do, i mean people always think that social media just comes about just you know posting pictures but it really comes about from a community of people working together so what's your view on on community and how important that is with social media i think it's the most important thing mm -hmm. because um People, especially in this world of social media, are feeling kind of separated as right. compared to before, and they have less like actual communities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so to be able to bring people around, people like to be part of something. Yeah. So if you have something to teach that, or if you like, if you're a brand and you can mm -hmm. build a following. I'm trying to think of example. There was like this legging brand. I can't mm -hmm. remember what they were called, but they had a community. 
and black milk. Yes, yeah. People will like <laughs> buy every single new design of theirs mm. and call themselves. Didn't they have a name for themselves? Like, yeah. So they become super loyal. Yeah, fans, super right? super they fans. Trust and they trust the community behind Absolutely. it. No, it's true. I think that's that's really the key, and I think that's really hard to explain to people. But <laughs> but those whatever they're called, um, those fans of that legging brand will follow that legging brand to YouTube, to TikTok, to right, wherever the brand right, goes. Right, right, right. So that's very important. Um, let's see. There's a lot of parallels in building up a rock band to building up a startup, like working with each other, <laughs> you know, best working with best friends, uh, building a team. Um, what, what advice can you give us or well, maybe whatever you've experienced that you felt is, you know, uh, important? I think like build, it, you're not going to always get it right the first time. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's important to know that and, and to know that it's tough. You're going to face a lot of difficult situations right. and I'm not trying to be negative, mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. um, but when, when on those like lowest points, you find the people that really can truly help create right. something great. And um, it may not be the first round of people. We, right. Our band went through at least six different lineups or something <laughs> like that. And like people left, it came back, all kinds of shenanigans. Right. But like during those times of a struggle, that's when you work the hardest. Right. And that's when you find people that, you know, you can trust. And I think that's the most important thing is to really focus in on people you trust, focus in on people that, that can fill the holes in your team. Right. So, you know, if I am, I hate emails, mm -hmm. I cannot email or get on the phone. I just don't like it. Mm -hmm. She's a ninja. And so like, <laughs> but I like technical stuff. So I will get on the computer and I'll sit there for eight hours trying to build a website or something. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think filling in those gaps is, right. is really important. Well, just, it's true. That's how teamworks work, especially yeah. in a startup now. I mean, you can't have one founder. I mean, <laughs> you really should have multiple because nobody could do everything on their own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how is it hard to work with each other? Like you guys are so close, right? You, you guys once upon a time live with each other, <laughs> travel with each other. Well, I'd say it's pretty easy because we're so different. And mm. it's like everything I like to do, mm. she doesn't like to do. Uh, yeah. Like I am really obsessed and passionate about SEO. Mm -hmm. And then oh, yeah. she doesn't like it. And I uh, hate WordPress. I don't want to do anything that uh, has to do with like website building. Mm -hmm. And she's into that right and then plus i'm really type a and like i'm pretty type b yeah i'm not like a, i will not i don't like confrontation no she's so awesome i'll be like uh someone emailed me i'm just gonna send it to you like i don't know what to say so do you guys so. think you guys are introverts or extroverts or i'm both? definitely an introvert same yeah. really? I, I, oh. I hide it well i could turn it on for an hour. On demand. Well, I think that's, you know, that's actually very consistent with a lot of the entrepreneurs I've been interviewing that are women too. Like they can turn it on when they need to because they need to. <laughs> and then when they don't need to, you know, they like to do the stuff they, they're really good at. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the same with performers too. Yeah. They know how to turn it off, on and off. Mm -hmm. So for new influencers, what advice would you give them in terms of creating content? Test things and right, see, right. see what other people are doing and just be really, really open-minded. I think right. a lot of the times when you get really, really good at one platform, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, sometimes other influencers may not be as open to creating content on a new platform. Right. But 
you never know what the next Instagram is going to be. That's you just true. never know. Um, and also just finding that very niche thing that you can do and mm-hmm. that you do well, I think mm-hmm. is the most important thing. Um, a lot of the times you might think that this is what I'm like, this is what I want to be, right, but right. it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you are made to do in right. influence. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you, ladies. Oh, before I go, we have to, <laughs> we have to do the one last question. Why do you love collecting? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do we that one <laughs> collecting the first day we came here and it was like angels singing magic. with the music. <laughs> magic yeah. I mean the jewelry is really really high quality oh, and you. yeah every time you open your box and the selection is like so <laughs> abundant and I just love the ease of the app mm-hmm. and yeah all my girlfriends are really passionate about it is, is it helped you to create content using the tiny boutique? Yeah, definitely. I like also the ease of like uploading your photos mm-hmm. onto the app after you've shot right, it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, and we're the making changes cool all too. the time. Yeah. <laughs> so all the feedback, yes. the more the better. <laughs> I honestly, Collectin literally changed the way that I do the entire fashion. We have to give an example. When I had my jewelry line and she shot for us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we gave her, we were like, here, have some of the jewelry. <laughs> and she was like, oh no, I don't wear jewelry. <laughs> like, it's a real thing. That's proof of the pudding. So I looked at photos of like just, I was just randomly going back right. on my Instagram and looking at photos of my style before collecting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the heck was I wearing? <laughs> but after we came in on that meeting and we started getting like, like jewelry and I started to realize, I was like, oh, you can piece things around jewelry. And it changed the way I saw how to pick clothing. Oh. Um, so I definitely think it like really elevated. And now like I, when I pick my box, I'm like, okay, I need to make sure that I have outfits around those types of jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I, it was like completely life changing for my <laughs> style for sure. No, because actually that, that pair of earring and that necklace can make and change everything, everything. about it. Day to night. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then that photo, that's so important, you know, when you take photos all the time. That, oh, yeah. It's very important. But anyway, <laughs> well, thank you, ladies, always. Um, thank you, Kiki and Kyla, for joining us to, today and sharing your amazing stories and journey with us. You're both so inspirational. And for all the young women out there, um, you guys are doing great in social media um, and entrepreneurship and wow doing so many things, you know, (laughs) so many things that it is really, really like the new economy right now. That is like the new gig economy. Um, So for all of you listening, please follow Kiki and Kyla. Um, These girls know everyone in L.A. So this is a tidbit. There's a reason why I'm asking you to do this. They'll get you in on every event, (laughs) everything that's happening. uh, Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Kiki Wong Go with the O after the Wong and then Ky- at Kayla, Kyla, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. Yeah, Kyla, <laughs> Kyla, Kyla, you. Um, and then also check out their travel website, gnomelist.com. And don't forget, they do have that book on Amazon, the 30 day travel challenge, how to make your travel dreams a reality. And there you have it. Kiki and Kayla. Thank Yay. you for tuning in live today on Castbox.